All right, let's stand together, please, in reverence to God's word. I'm going to begin reading in Matthew 13 and verse number 44. The words of Jesus. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which, when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he hath found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for the privilege, Lord, we have to be in this meeting this week. What a joy. How our hearts have been blessed and lifted and encouraged, Lord, in the way. And I thank you, God, for all that you've done. I praise you, Lord, for the times you've breathed on this meeting. And I pray, God, you'll continue to work. Now, Lord, your servant needs help tonight in a special way. And I pray, God, that you touch us by your power. Give us that anointing, Lord, that we so desperately need to preach the word of God effectually. And I pray the Holy Ghost not only to touch us, but touch this congregation. Open their ear and their understanding. And Lord, I pray that you'll be magnified in this service. Lord, we'll go away saying, oh, what a Savior is mine. Now, Lord, have your sweet willing way. We'll praise you for your help. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, these two parables have much in common. Both of them tell of precious things found and of a tremendous price paid to secure them. Revealed in these two parables are things that heaven uh, counts as precious. And we want to continue tonight in this little thought of what heaven deems precious. What heaven deems precious is not streets of gold, not walls of jasper, not precious stones of foundation, not crystal stream, but what heaven deems precious, brother and sister, more precious than anything else on earth, in sea or sky or universe. There's something God deems more precious than all of that, and he would spend all to have them. What is it? Well, it is his redeemed people. And uh, when we talk about his redeemed people, in these two parables we see, I believe, manifested the redeemed people. First of all, Israel is the treasure in the field. And the church is the pearl of great 
price. And hey, I'm glad to be a part of the number of those who are called redeemed. Last night, we spent a lot of our time talking about Israel, the treasure in the field. We mentioned briefly uh, the parable. The Lord takes an ordinary happening that they in that part of the world would be familiar with and he teaches the truth. There was no banks in that hour and, and vaults available for most everybody and most people would hide their precious things in the field. There was the person here that is before us. The person here is not a sinner of seeking of my friend again the treasure but it is the Lord Jesus Christ he is amen he is the one comes and seeks hallelujah and finds I'm glad he found me say amen right there and then, of course, the precious here, the treasure hid. And Israel was a peculiar treasure to God and still is. And don't forget that. We spoke of the place here, the field. And I noticed that he said that field. He, hey, my friend, he said, and he buyeth that field. Amen. The field where the treasure was. He wasn't so interested in the field. He was interested in the treasure. And I'm telling you what the place here. And that field by the way and, and you go on with this you have the purchase here. We dealt with that last night. He spent Everything. I mean, he went and sold everything that he had. And I'm glad the Lord Jesus paid it all to redeem our soul to God. And he did that for Israel, especially as we look at them in that light. And then we noticed also the pleasure here and for joy thereof. I mean, he didn't do it. dread, Man, I'm telling you what, he found some treasure. He went and sold everything he had and he wasn't long faith. My friend, he was excited because he knew the treasure was in the field. And then we notice the postponing. He hides that treasure. It's a twice-hid treasure. Amen. I'm telling you what, Israel being the treasure, but my friend, they didn't recognize the time of their visitation. And so now, my friend, he has gone back to heaven and he has hid that treasure. And right now, they're in a time and a state of unbelief. But I want to tell you what, hey, he's coming back again. And when he comes back again, hey man, the Lord is coming to this earth. Guess where he's coming? He's coming back to the earth. And the Bible says here in verse number, what is it, 38, the field is the world. He's coming again to the world. And this time when he comes, he's coming with the title deed of this earth. Bless God, he, amen, he brought the title deed because he's interested in the trade in the field well we looked at that last night and I just wanted to uh, tie that in with this tonight let me say again that you can see both my friend the church in Israel in both of these parables I'm sure the application can be made but I, I, I wanted to emphasize Israel as being a treasure in the field now tonight we're going to look at the second parable, verse 45 and 46. I shall read again. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he hath found one 
pearl of great price, went and sold all he had that he had and bought it. Now, we're going to look tonight at the church. Amen. I want to tell you what, Israel is precious to heaven. But can I tell you, the church too is precious to heaven. Hallelujah. So we want to look here tonight and see our Lord Jesus Christ here is presented as a merchant man seeking goodly perils. Well, when I look at this and studied through here, I beheld our wonderful Lord in three different aspects, three different ways or three different analogies, you might say, that are here presenting our Lord. And I hope that the Lord will help us to get it out as we look at it. Now, we do see here where he says that the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man. So, here we're going to look at the merchant man. Now, when we look at the merchant man, I want to see, and I'm looking for Jesus. That's what I'm looking for here. And what I see here is I see Jesus and his search to find. Oh, yes, you see, this fellow's coming searching. Uh, he's looking for goodly perils. And I, I tell you what, when I look at it, he took the initiative. Oh, yes, he's the one that's looking. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. I, I didn't find him. He found me. I wasn't looking for him, but he came looking for me. Oh, hallelujah. He took the initiative in grace to save us. And when he finds what he's looking for, he seeks to secure it. And when I look at this, I see, first of all, he was looking for goodly pearls. Now, who then are these pearls? And, and then what is the pearl a great price? Well, I'm not going to force the issue, and you could argue this, but I believe the pearls could represent individual Christians. I'm glad he doesn't just love me collectively. I'm glad he loves me individually. Amen. I mean, listen, Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But I like what Paul said, amen, the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, I'm glad he loves us individually, hallelujah. But when you look at the pearl of great Christ, that is the church collectively. And so you find here, brother and sister, here is the merchant man, Jesus, and his search to find. And he's coming looking for a pearl of great price. All right, now I want to see the Lord in another aspect here. Uh, when I look at this, uh, another analogy that is here, and though it is not named, it is certainly a vital part of what's uh, presented here. What do you mean? Well, I see Jesus, his search to find. If you're taking notes, I see Jesus, his suffering to form. All right, now you say, what do you mean by that? Well, I want to talk about pearls for a minute. 
and uh, to tell you a little bit. Now, most of you, brethren, have preached on pearls. And but let me please give me the uh, luxury for a moment just to uh, bring everybody up to date. Maybe some young person doesn't know this about pearls. But a pearl, my friend, is a different gem than all other gems that we know anything about. Because a pearl is produced by a living organism. And that's, that's not true of any other precious jewel. Of course, you know how a pearl is produced. It is produced by the suffering of a living organism and by a friend and an oyster, if you please. And even though we don't see the word oyster here, we do see the word pearl. And there couldn't have been no pearl if there hadn't have been an oyster. And there couldn't have been no pearl if there hadn't have been some suffering. Oh, yes. And so how it happens is this. Uh, that little old oyster, I mean, it's, it's down on the bottom. That oyster ain't floating on the surface. It's not in the air. It's down on the bottom. I'm so glad for the condescending work of our wonderful Lord Jesus uh, that he came down here where we are in the nasty now and now. But I, I was looking at that oyster and how he produces a pearl. It begins as nothing more than grit or a little trash gets stuck in uh, the tender spot inside that oyster's uh, throat or nearest in the shell and it, it irritates it. It's bothering it. It don't have a, any hands to pull it out and, and doesn't have no way to get it out. And so this irritant that making him suffer, uh, that oyster responds to that suffering by secreting a, a substance to cover it. And that substance is called nicre. And nicre, my friend, coats it and takes off the sharp and rough edges as it keeps secreting it. And it just coats it and coats it. The oyster continually, while that's right there, uh, if you want to call its throat, I guess you could call it that, he continually surrounds the, uh, that irritant with the nacre and gradually layer by layer by layer by layer until it forms a lustrous, shining, and beautiful jewel that we know of as a pearl. Now, that's the physical uh, aspects of how a pearl is made. Well, I want to make the application spiritually, and I want you to think about this pearl. And as we think about, number one, it's loathsome beginning. What is it? The loathsome beginning. Well, it's just trash. It's grit. It's something that irritates. And that's what we were. We were just a bunch of trash. Irritated to God. All we had sinned and come short to the glory of God. None righteous, no, not one. All together, my friend, unholy, ungodly. The best we could do, my friend, was not good enough. And listen, we had a loathsome beginning. So this foreign substance, my friend, is pretty useless in itself. And that's what we are. Pretty useless in ourselves. Worthless in ourselves, and an irritant, an irritant in ourselves. But that's outside. That's outside. But when you get inside, 
When you come on now, y'all be with me. So on the out, well, on the outside, oh my soul, we were number trash. On the inside, even though we're now trash still. Yet, my friend, now we're close connected, amen, to that living organism. And I want you to know, so outside the relationship of Jesus Christ, we are nothing more, my friend, than just worthless and useless and an irritant, and that's outside. But oh, when we get inside, and he begins to do some covering work. Oh, my goodness. So there's the loathsome beginning of the pearl then number two there is the layering beauty of the pearl layers are formed upon the pearl as it grows I mean it just keeps secreting as it's there and my friend it keeps secreting the nacre at one layer at a time one layer at a time even so the Lord is adding to the church such as should be saved amen oh yeah you see a pearl you can peel it it peels like an onion I mean it's got layers it's got layers and layers and layers I was thinking today I wonder how many layers will be added before the pearl is harvested. Amen. I don't know, but I'm looking at, amen, toward the eastern sky. It could happen any moment. Hallelujah. So praise God. But anyway, so out of much suffering of that oyster, the pearl is produced. And that which was injured by that which injures was impure and harmful. But, listen at this, it has been so dealt with by the very life it injured. Do you hear that? It has been so dealt with by the very life it has injured that it is transformed into a thing of glorious beauty and even an emblem of purity. Pearly white. Oh my goodness. I'm talking about now that oyster. Um, it keeps, I mean, that was just a, a grit, just trash. That's all it was. But man, it got, it starts its process. It is a transforming a, a process. It is a layering process. God's going to take something worthless, something ugly, something no good. And praise God, when he gets done, it's going to be something pretty, something beautiful. Hey, he made something beautiful of my life. He he made something beautiful of your life in the grace of God. Oh, I was thinking about I was thinking about Jesus' blood continually covers us over and over with a special nacre of glory. Woo! Amen. Continuously. Amen. He's secreting his love all over us, all the way to heaven. Glory to God. And it causes us to be transformed into a beautiful white luster, turning us into a jewel of delight instead of a piece of trash. We're, whoo, hey, hey, I am no longer a piece of trash. I am one of his jewels. Hallelujah. And that old dirty grain is no longer recognizable. Can't see that. They, they tell me that even when you take the pearl and if you can slice it in half, you still can't find that 
piece of trash in there. You can't find that grit. It's gone. It's gone. Amen. I'm not the man I used to be. The old man is dead. It's gone. I'm new. I'm in Christ Jesus. Well, I like to think about that. I'm talking about this pearl. And I'm seeing Jesus in this little oyster. I really am, and, and pardon me if you don't see it. Well, leave me alone. I'm having a spell thinking about it. Amen. It, it, it's the pearl, it's loathsome beginning. It's layering of beauty. And then number three, I want you to think about it's lifting from the bottom. Now, what do you mean? Well, the oysters that produce pearls are in the depths of the sea. And it's brought up by divers at the risk of their very own lives. I'm telling you what, way down on the I mean, oysters don't grow in pop water. They, they grow down in the bottom. Oh, yes, so here in, on the bottom is this suffering creature oh, that turns what was caused it to suffer into a jewel of great beauty. But listen, did you know what? When they bring up that oyster, guess what they bring with them? They bring up that pearl. Cause the per- Amen. And did you know when Jesus got up from the grave, you and I got up in him, got up with him. How, oh, did you realize that? Amen. I've already been seen coming back. I've already been seen sitting in heavenly places. I'm telling you what, when he got up, we got up. Oh, hallelujah for that. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing if you think for a moment about this wonderful pearl? And my, what a transforming work that oyster had. I can see the Lord. I was thinking about the, the heaven, having the gates. Uh, amen. The gates aren't made of gold. The streets are made of gold. And I was thinking about gold streets. If I know anything about, about anything, I'd say you, you don't pave by a friend with uh, stuff that's, unless it's just so much of it, abundance. I mean, hey. <laughs> the streets of gold. I mean, we're just walking. I mean, asphalt ain't that much. I mean, stone and rock. I mean, to make go. Hey, you don't use the best stuff you got uh, to pave the street. The cheapest thing in glory is probably going to be the gold. Hey, Amen. I mean, the thing that gives us so much trouble. I mean, we just go walk on it over there. Yeah. Amen. But I, but I want to tell you this, friend. I look at uh, those gates, and and oh my soul. And the gate is an access. Amen. And there couldn't have been any access if there hadn't have been the suffering of the darling Son of God. That access came as a result of his sufferings. So thus far we have seen the Lord in this text in these ways. First of all, we see Jesus, his search to find. I'm glad he'd come looking. We see Jesus, his suffering to form as we think about the oyster suffering and forming this jewel that we call a pearl. But number three, and we'll be done, and we'll go get us some fellowship. I want you to see Jesus in this text, his selling all to free. 
Look at it again. Who when he had found one pearl of great price. Jesus counts us as that one pearl of great price. He loved the church and gave himself for it. He went and sold all that he had and he bought it. Oh, my soul, brother and sister, again, we come back to this very truth that blessed Brother Randy last night. Again, it is stated so beautifully here. My soul, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had. I mean, he, I gave it all. He didn't leave anything. I mean, he gave it all. When God gave his son, my friend, he gave it all. When, whoo, when, did you hear what I said? When God gave his son, he gave himself. He gave his heart. He gave his all. Don't you believe God would rather dug up every jewel in the universe, every diamond, every point of gold, every, my friend, precious gem, if that could redeem one soul? Don't you know rather God would have rather done that than to give his own son? But there was no other way. But God gave his own son. Hallelujah. What love. He's so loved. He gave, and when he gave him son, he gave himself. He gave his heart. God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. That old trash. Woo! Christ. He suffered. He died for us. Hallelujah. I'm glad. Praise God. The Father loved me so. What a price he paid. What a price he paid. And he went and sold all that he had. Jesus, amen, out of the ivory palaces come into this world, come unto his own, his own received him not. My soul, rejected by his own people, by despised, cursed, blasphemed, by a friend rejected, nailed to an old rugged cross. There he suffered, he bled, he died, carrying the sins of the world upon him. My sin and your sin, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, by his stripes we are healed. Amen. All we like sheep had gone astray, but the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. I'm glad Jesus paid it all. He didn't come to pay an installment. He didn't come to pay a down payment. When Jesus shed in blood, when he said, it is finished, bless God, it is. He, nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away. It's finished. He paid it all. The price paid all that he had. All that, <laughs> well, if he made worlds, all that he had, oh, he gave it all. My soul, I love to think about Titus 2.14, speaking of Jesus who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquities. Hebrews 5.25, husband love your wives as Christ all so loved the church and gave himself for it. 
Galatians 1, 4, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. I'm glad Jesus gave himself. In Galatians Again, Paul said he loved me and gave himself for Jesus paid the price. Forgiveness, forgiveness is not free. I mentioned this on what was it, Monday or Tuesday. Forgiveness cost. It didn't cost us anything, but it cost him everything. Your forgiveness is not cheap. God paid for your forgiveness because all sin has to be vindicated and the righteousness of God has to be judged and I'm glad Jesus took my place and God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him and I bless his holy name that he paid and he paid dearly and he gave all he paid it all he spent all all that he had all that he had that would redeem us was the blood in his veins. Because you see, according to what Acts 20, 24, in his veins was the blood, the blood of God. You say, God have a blood? He sure does. It wasn't human blood that redeemed us. It was God's blood. And God's blood flowed in the veins of a human body that Jesus got from his mother. That blood didn't come from an earthly man. It came from his heavenly father. And I'm glad that blood, and he didn't just shed a little bit of it. He poured it all out, every drop of his blood. And I bless his name. I'm not ashamed to preach on the cross again. Hallelujah. The price paid. Don't get over Calvary, children. You, you know, we get so familiar with things, we almost treat it with contempt. But if you knew how much God paid to save you and me and to keep us out of hell, if we could get that before our mind always, what took place at the cross, when God pulled the curtain and my friend poured his wrath, the wrath, my hell, your hell, poured it on Jesus so I could go free. You ever get a hold of that, my friend, you'll never be the same. The price paid. And then I want to mention, finally, the purchase. So it says, and he sold all that he had. And then again, he said, and he, and he bought it. Now, that word bought is the same word, buyeth, in verse 44. It's that little Greek word again. A gloriozo. And uh, who was, how many of you were not here last night? Raise your hand if you were not here last night. Well, that might justify it. Let me, let me, I believe I could do that again. <laughs> now, you brethren, you'll find this, you'll find this, I think, in one of the footnotes of uh, Dr. Schofield. Uh, there's three primary words for redeemed in the New Testament. And uh, of course you have uh, in 1 Peter, we're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. That word redeemed there is lutro. And it means to set free by the payment of a price. That's the word. And then you have another word uh, redeemed that's translated redeemed. And it is the word translated by. 
and bought in our text. And this word, same word in the Greek is translated redeemed in Romans 5, I mean Revelation 5, 9. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God. With what? By thy blood. What bought us was blood. Hey, hey. Did you hear me? What bought us was blood. Amen. Out of every kid with tongue and people in nature. All right, now that word, and it's that word redeemed there is what is translated here in these two parables. One is buyeth and the other is bought. It's agarazo, and it means uh, to purchase in the market. Now, I said something last night. Some of you looked at me, and I, I wished I could have tied it together better, but I, I really couldn't. But uh, you remember in Jose and Gomer, and God told him to go take a woman by a friend, and it was a harlot. And, of course, he probably married her for a while, had children by her, and evidently she went back to that old life. And my friend went back to that old life and got all wicked and corrupt and my friend and he's, you know, and then next thing you know, there she is. She's, she's spent her life, her beauty and everything. She's not worth anything now. She's on the slave market of my friend to be sold as a slave. And who'll give me $5? Who'll give me $10? Who'll give me this and the other? My friend and old, old Hosea, he, he bought her back. Amen. He, he bought her back. He brought her, he came, the Bible, that word of garrison means to purchase in the market. And that's what Hosea did. He, amen, he came down to the market and he purchased Gomer. He bought her back and said, thou must continue with me. Many days, he bought her back. You and I were on the slave and auction block of sin. Amen. That's where we was at. We was in the slave market, but he came and bought us. Nobody else wanted us, but he did. Amen. He did. Now, the other word is, uh, for the Greek word, is ex agorizo, agorizo. And that little prefix means the same thing, not only to buy in the market, but it means to buy in the market to take out. When he bought me off the slave block of sin, he didn't just buy me and let me alone. Bless God, he took me out. Amen. Now, all three of these words redeemed, they all three have one central thing in common, and that is to purchase. Lutro, redeemed with precious saints. You're not redeemed with precious things, silver and gold, but, from, but with the precious blood of Christ. Redeemed, Lutro, to set free by what? Paying a price. I gave this illustration last night. Can you all see? All right, there. It's a bottle of water. I can do this. Get behaved, preacher. That bottle of water. Now, that bottle of water is a dollar. I go down to Walmart, Wally World, and uh, there's that bottle of water. A dollar. For water? But I'm thirsty right now. And so, okay. So, in other words, here I got a dollar. That's the price. Now, what did Revelation say? We was purchased with what? With his blood. All right. 
here's the price. So I got to make up my mind. Do I want the price or do I want the product? So if I get the product, I'm going to have to give away the price. And so when I asked last night, when I asked the question over here, is there anything as precious in this world as the blood of Christ? And we all want to say, no, nothing. And my friend risen there, oh my soul, there's nothing more precious than the blood of Jesus Christ in our estimation until I get to thinking about how God looks at it. It ain't, I'm not talking about how we look at it. I'm talking about how God looks at it. Hey, hey, what it is, you and I, what nothing but Jesus, hallelujah. He thought, I said he thought that we was worth it and he'd rather give his blood and shed his blood and pour it all out so he can get the prize. He purchased it. He's got the prize. So the church is that pearl of great price. The church was worth it. The church was worth it. And that's what heaven deems precious. Israel, the treasure in the field, and he hit it again. He's coming back after it with that seven, amen, with that title deed. Praise God. And we're coming back with him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 